listening here on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Breaking news out of the Montreal Canadiens. Dominic Ducharme relieved of his duties as head coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Wow. Bang. No, not really. No, wow. No. Come on. I don't even get a wow. They're in last place. <laughs> yeah, he just got extended for three years. Three years. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This, they're, they are the bottom feeders of the National Hockey League. If this was not going to happen now, it was going to happen in the offseason. Mm. And I don't think coming off that horrific loss last night by the New Jersey Devils that they, they wanted to go another half a season. Ooh, it's bad, eh? It is really bad in Montreal. And now just a, a little bit of a mystery because the status of, say, the assistant coaches like Alex Burroughs and Luke Richardson, they say, remains unchanged. So the Canadians say, say that uh, they will announce a head coach later on today. Mikhail Babcock. <laughs> Michelle Babcock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we did hear from Josh Anderson last night. Oh, man. He was and bad. he was not very complimentary to his hockey club. Did that have something to do with the sense of urgency to get Descharm out? Let's have a listen to Josh Anderson after the tough loss to the New Jersey Devils last night. Uh, obviously not good. Um, I mean, we got embarrassed out there tonight. Um, you know, we had a couple mistakes that, that uh, cost us goals. And, um, you know, you'd think after the break that um, you'd be refreshed and, and ready to go. But, um, you know, you, you know, you guys witnessed it out there. Um, it was just, uh, you know, I feel embarrassed, to be honest with you. So, um we better be ready to go next game. Ooh. Ooh. We better be ready to go for the second half of the season. Yeah. No, that's so I remember Brian Burke talking about how he was kind of waffling on firing around Wilson once upon a time and like the crowd chanting fire Wilson. He's like, I can't bring him back in front of that again. Like I just need to do this. I wonder if Anderson's comments weren't kind of that. Like it's just so bad and so negative. If they just were like, okay, we can't listen to our players talk like that. We just got to start over here. And you know what? Uh, Hughes wants positivity around his team. Uh, did you happen to see catch his quote yesterday after the game? From I did. Uh, do you have it in front of you by chance? I do, yes. I'll read it to you. Here's, here's what Kent Hughes says about, uh, you know, they just lose 7-1 to New Jersey, and here's what he says. It's trying to create an environment where the unwritten rule in hockey, you lose a game, nobody smiles, and everybody puts their head down, and even if you happen to be in a particularly good mood, you gave your best effort, you're not allowed to smile. That type of environment here for the rest of the season is going to be psychologically damaging for players. He said, there has to be a direction from the top, from the lead a leadership perspective. Hey, guys, we expect you to work. We expect you to show up every day. We expect you to do the right things. We also think it's okay to have some fun. Yeah, and that's probably what happened to Descharmes last night. Uh, they lost 7-1, and he didn't smile. <laughs> would not have been happy after that one, I would imagine. I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if that that message needs to come out that soon in Kent Hughes's 
tenure there. Not after a 7-1 spanking. Well, no, we I, do I, not I, agree. I don't know. Uh, I, we don't know when uh, that article oh, came okay, out. Yeah. I, I did read it in okay. The Athletic yeah. um, today. So I assume that quote came before the right. New Jersey Devil 7-1 game. I don't think that came right. after the right. game, okay, okay. to be fair to him. But yeah. I'm just, in, in general, when you are going through the worst season in history... La histoire du hockey. <laughs> do you want... <laughs> What's is that, Gordon? <laughs> do you want that message out there that, uh, that we want to create an environment that, yeah. that creates smiles on the faces even if you lose? Well, I think there's merit to the fact that he recognizes they're going to suck. Like, this is going to be bad. And I'm not asking everyone to show up here every day and act like we, you know, we let one get away from us, boys. Like, he, I think he's just saying, we can't pretend that we are who we're not here. You know, it's like, have you ever gone golfing with someone who's abjectly terrible and they play badly and throw their club or something? You're like, you're not good enough to be mad. You're not good enough to be mad. That's that, that, that's Montreal that's a, that, now. That's okay for uh, one hole, but I, I certainly don't want to play with a guy that does no. that every, every. And that's kid. He was looking at his team, going, "We got forty more of these. I can't do this forty more times." Uh, gosh, I think for Kent Hughes that would have been a good article in the off season when the dust right. is settled and message. to understand that over the course of eighty-two games. You still have to find joy coming to the rink, even when it's not right. But I don't know. I don't want. I don't want that message. A couple of weeks into my new position, out there. I don't want them. I want them to feel like they're not allowed. I want it miserable. If if I'm miserable, Me we're too. losing. Why then are you so pissy? You yeah. <laughs> we want everybody pissy. We want everybody miserable. Because it matters. Here. I don't want to create an environment where. We're losing and we're being embarrassed and you find a way to still come to the rink with a smile on your face. Smile when you win. Yeah, earn your confidence out of that whole thing. It's the professional leagues. It's the Montreal Canadiens. It's one of the most famous franchises in all of sport. And you're a laughing stock right now. You're one of the worst teams. I saw some historical data. Their goal, like they are really really bad in terms of like historically la histoire du hockey correct i just you gotta be mad that you suck that bad i i would hate to hear that quote if i'm a fan of the montreal canadians from from the head from the gm i don't and i understand what he's saying like i love the golfer analogy i think that's a perfect one it's like why you just suck you're gonna suck don't be mad all the time but it, you know, it feels to, a little bit to me like inexperience. Yeah. Like, it, it honestly does. Like, a guy who's looked at it and said, if I were to take over the team as GM, here's what I'd say. I'd change the, the way it is. And that's great. And I hope that he's able to do that for them and still remain competitive. But it, I do think that there is merit in, um, okay, but you know, we're not clowning around here. We're winning just, matters. Just to stick with your golf theory, when I'm playing with a guy that shanks one in the woods and he turns around and he starts laughing, mm-hmm. I will never play with him ever again. Uh-oh. Oh, no. No. I only got one chance no. then. Eh? No, 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 no. I'm not interested. You want I'm, him to I, care. I, I'm not saying that you got to kick and scream and curse every time you hit a bad shot. We want them but trying I, to shoot I a want, number. I want to play with somebody that ju- just is internally miserable because... <laughs> yeah. 
because he wants to do better and and we want a more competitive environment. I I'm about an eight or nine handicap mm-hmm. and I play with others like that. So occasionally you're gonna have a bad shot, but everybody wants to hit great shots all the time, and when they're not. There, uh, there's no smiles. There's no laughing. Yeah. There's a oh, 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 that's we're not gonna find that. Like I, I, want I get it. out like four times a year, I, Kipper. It doesn't. I matter. want it competitive, <laughs> and I just, I, I just think that uh, sending that message so early uh, right. when when you're last in the league about still finding ways to to smile even on losses is. But I mean. Not this, good. This comment we're talking about is a small yeah, statement listen, compared no, to firing the coach. No, 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 no. Pro- yeah, exactly here. And I think the, the Montreal Canadiens, this is the last thing Ken Hughes wanted to do. I assure you. He, yeah, he wanted, wanted to, to get, get to charm to the end of the year, and he had no hope of coming back. I, I can tell you that. And it was running really thin. The talk was, the, some of the players thought the environment was still almost junior a like oh really yeah well and and how do you play when everyone knows the coach is getting fired your team's in last you know the coach is a lame duck like i respect the decision to do it now it reminds you know we talked about the wild the other day and say what you will about their cap situation going forward like garen knew he needed to turn the page on those guys and start over well that that decision separately i like the idea of saying let's just rip the band-aid off Let's figure out what we're doing from here. Let's give the guys a reason to care. You know, now it's time to impress the new coach, motivated. Like, there's a fresh start here to say, well, ever since we did that, things look like this. I like the idea for them of making the rest of the season worth something and not just a miserable slog to the final buzzer. Montreal announcing today that uh, they will name a head coach later on in, in the day. Is that right? Did they announce that? I'm sorry. It happened right before It was in their press release. It was. Okay. The Canadians' next head coach will be announced later today was what was in the press release. So I ask you this. Mm-hmm. Is it available? Is it? Oh, it's, it's Claude Julien. No, he's already been through there too many times, hasn't he? <laughs> I think he's done it twice, yeah, no? Yeah, he has, yeah. So would that include interim? Out there? Would that <laughs> Would that include interim to get to the end of the season? Yeah, probably. It's going to be Luke Richardson or something, right? Just Is there a chance that they co- coexist in, in that head coach, co-head coaches, Alex Burles and Luke Richardson. I think someone's got to be the guy. Does and David Quinn speak French? Luke, <laughs> yeah, good question. Luke Richardson. Does the head coach have to speak French too? Luke oh, yeah. Richardson does not speak French. Is that one of the requirements? Yes. Absolutely. I, I, you mean the... <sighs> well, then Luke Luke Richardson's out. But we're we're... Guys, we're talking about... A new management team. Mm-hmm. I would think that would be one of the first questions to Kent Hughes. Does the head coach have to speak French? Yeah. Man, it just it really, really thins your options. Like I, you can see the way they they worked it to, for the GM position. Where they're like, well, Gordon's the guy, but and, th- and actually, that's an interesting note here too. Like you know, talk about Kent Hughes came in and did this. Like, is that the case here? Or is this Gordon, who's been there for a while, having enough time to make his assessment and saying, let's just start fresh? Who's making that call? Are English-speaking-only coaches eligible? So here's my thought on this, and I, it's probably going to be unpopular. I like that they insist on having a French-speaking coach. I don't think competitively. Obviously, they have thinned the pool for themselves, and I agree that is them. bad. I agree with this. 
but it is Montreal is Montreal, and there is you know two languages for a fan base, and there's communication factors, and there's you know a, an obligation to the region and the history. I, I I like that, and I think that's important. It gives them an identity. So winning is second towards community first. You do your best to win within the parameters that you've set. I, I mean, it, they are the Montreal Canadiens. They're not Columbus. You know, it's not just any other market. And I don't know. I, I, I get how people connect with that fan base and that fr- franchise and its history. Again, I know competitively it doesn't make as much sense, but... New management team may not care. We... I don't think uh, I don't think Gorton has gone on record one way or the other, has he? I don't think so. I imagine the f- French fans how they would feel like completely like, oh, this is not a, we're not a part of this anymore. Like it's just you guys are going to be the the team now. Okay, like uh, I think you really alienate a big population of the. Fan I would have thought if that was the case, then I would have thought uh, a Kirk Muller yeah. would have stayed. Yeah, with uh, even firing Claude Julian. He, he, with his experience, seems like everywhere he goes, teams have success. Yeah. Calgary now he's doing a, a pretty good job there with uh, with with Daryl, and uh, we're gonna have Eric Francis uh, soon coming up to help us tee up Calgary and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kirk Muller is no longer a member of the Montreal Canadiens, I assume, because he didn't have that French speaking element. Well. I mean, I, I joked about it kind of a little bit earlier, but like Elaine Vigneault hasn't coached the Canadians in 20 years. He just got fired from Philly, right? Yeah. I mean, 20 years. He's been a coach uh, since then. then. He's coached Vancouver, the Rangers, I, and the Flyers. I, 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 I think that uh, that ship sailed. But don't you think that this... I think he's tired a little bit. I, I'm not sure he wants to... Montreal Canadians, though. But jump in there, done and, that. And yeah. in this situation, I think it's a different situation than jumping into a team that's got a chance to compete. I think Elaine Vigneault has been around, like he said, and... Don't, doesn't this new sort of front office of the Montreal Canadian, the way they're kind of do things, like you said, maybe they're thinking outside the box here. Maybe they're going to go with something that... Hire I'm, a full-time translator who's on the bench with them yeah. and yelling at the ref in both languages? Well, no, I just... I, I get the feeling that this front office doesn't want to just retread like an old hockey guy. Yeah, I agree you, with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. I also think the Montreal Canadiens roster does not suck this bad. I do not think this team is a... They do look like they are not well coached. Yeah, they look poorly coached. They look uh, disgruntled. Unorganized. Disinterested. How do you lose 7-1 to that to that Devils team? No Hughes. I, I just got to say, I had, how'd they beat the Leafs in the first round? Um, Later on in the hour, we're going to have uh, Andrew Raycroft, retired NHL goalie, ex-Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, and he's... Uh, Doing a great job co-hosting uh, a morning show with uh, Billy Jaffe. And he's going to discuss uh, a lot around the, the Boston Bruins. And uh, we won't get into Brad Marchand now. And he'll take a good <laughs> good chunk out of our show in, in the next uh, hour and 45 minutes. No question. But would you rather have a Marchand leave a game like he did last night? Mm-hmm. Or 20 Montreal Canadiens lying on their backs, <laughs> motionless, <laughs> like they did last night Yeah, I'll take against Marshawn's New Jersey. frustration. Take that level of engagement, because, boy, there was nothing out of Montreal. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. For sure. It's going to get worse, and, too. they got to move on from a bunch of good players. And just one note. 
we are predominantly a, a Toronto Maple Leaf centric show here, and I'm sure there is a strong majority that are just really loving this on the Montreal Canadians. Oh, they're like, a uh, the biggest mess. La- the, the biggest laugh is that guy uh, between me and you and the uh, yeah. uh, behind the glass here, Sammy. You love this, but <laughs> I do love it, but it's but. bad. It's but there's it's a but. bad for the league. It is really bad that a storied historic organization is humiliated right now. I we need them better. I agree. I, listen, there's nothing better than when the Leafs and Habs are both good. They're playing in big games, except for last year. I want to want to talk about that. And I do take, I do take joy in them stinking as a Leaf fan. Obviously, that's part of the the thing. But Habs fans always have that trump card. You can say as much as you want to say over talk about how bad they are. They can be like, yeah, well, we beat you in the playoffs, not five years ago, not ten years ago, this last one, year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like it's it, this year, in fact, like or last year, sorry. But it's just it's tough to sort of get all the way behind their misery because of what happened last spring. Do you think Cole Caulfield woke up in bed this morning like the Undertaker gif, like just like new coach? Like, do you think he's going to come back to life? This guy's playing fifteen minutes a night, and no, no. <laughs> so here's the question now, and I've seen a lot of it out there. Do does Ken Hughes and Gorton and did they pull the Patrick Walkard? Oh, didn't even think of that. He speaks French. Oh, he do speak French. <laughs> he certainly. I can't see it. No I chance. Can't see it. I just think they had ample time to bring him well, into the organization. They, but they brought him in for interviews. Oh right? yeah, so that they can get uh, social media off their backs. Yeah. That's why they did it, in my opinion. I yep. No, if that's in what we fact do here. they 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 could have found a way to bring him in with Kent Hughes or in another capacity, mm-hmm. Scott Niedermeyer starting to get his uh, uh, feet wet with Anaheim. Call call it whatever you want. The title's not even that important. But it is important because people want to read the tea leaves on it. But I think the opportunity was there already for Patrick Waugh. I think they're they're just they're messing with somebody who's like really I don't popular or iconic, and that that's a tough thing to manage for some people. Well, and what's really tough is, like, if you hire a guy like Patrick Waugh to be your head coach, at some point you are firing Patrick Waugh as your coach. And then have you permanently changed the relationship between Waugh and the Canadians and that dynamic and, you know, all the jersey retirements and, I don't know, well, maybe that's already been done, all the things that you would do with him down the road – you know, it's a big risk taking a guy back in to work for your team if his role great isn't point. like special assistant to the assistant or whatever. It's a great point. You have a chance to create even more, like, because we all know how it ended with tense. him it's when, tense when he skate, literally skated off the ice for the Montreal Canadiens. And then, you know, there's a, already a weird relationship between Habs fans and him. And then you put him in as the coach and you fire him. I, it would be a headache. But yeah. if you're looking, 
And the other thing I'm thinking of is I don't know if necessarily if you want him to be the star of the show at this point of the franchise. Like bringing and him in. And he would in. be. That's what I mean. It would be. He's the biggest star. It would star, be Babcock. It would be Babcock's first three years with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Where. Let's just say the word you know, he's ego. Not, there's yes. just big ego here. What's the mascot in Philly? What's his name Gritty? again? Gritty. Gritty. <laughs> he's not. It, it would be like Gritty. Gritty's the biggest star in Philly, and you'd have... He'd have gritty status in Montreal. <laughs> the other thing, too, is you just mentioned it a few minutes ago. Like, what's he coming to coach? What are you coaching? Yeah. What are you squeezing out of this guy? Why are you... Trying to get more out of well, Laurent is, Dauphin. Is he, is he a, a starter coach? No. So he, is he a win-now coach? I don't know what he is. I would think he'd... He'd be that guy that could grind you into winning if you have that window. Yeah. Not bring the kids along and we've got to retool or rebuild or whatever you want to call it anymore. Patrick Wah will not be that guy. Retool. I'll retool you. I don't think uh, he's a patient guy. No, I don't think he, so. He'd want to come in and win now. Well, interesting then, I guess. I guess we'll see because Luke, yeah, Luke Richardson not speaking French is going to make this interesting. They'll appoint a coach tonight. And then a fresh start for the Montreal Canadian. Max Lapierre will be along in the second hour and we'll revisit uh, this big story out of Montreal and uh, perhaps maybe even have some sort of announcement by the end of the show. He's the coach. <laughs> Who's the coach? <laughs> we actually Could have be Max. Oh, we got Francis. It could be. But in the meantime, let's welcome in Eric Francis, senior columnist and analyst with Sportsnet, to help us uh, tee up Calgary and Toronto tomorrow night. Uh, but before that, uh, Eric, love to get your thoughts on the Montreal Canadian situation. And I did mention the success of Kirk Muller. And every time he goes behind the bench since his head coaching days in Carolina, Teams have had success, and we're seeing that in in Calgary, but maybe he's not in Montreal anymore because it was simply he doesn't speak French. Uh, we'd love to get your thoughts. Oh, boy, that old debate, the French debate, right? I mean, it keeps rearing its ugly head, always will, in uh, the Belle Provence. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, something had to give. You guys, last night's performance... You could have thought, you could have said that the last draw could have been either one of the two blowouts that they suffered just before the All-Star break, but then last night did seem, obviously, I guess now in retrospect, to be the last draw. And I don't have a problem with them firing him. It's uh, I'm glad for Ducharme he got his money after the after the Stanley Cup final. He got a three-year deal, so he's getting paid no matter what. But uh, sorry for him. Uh, you know, obviously he was you know not part of the solution. I'm not saying he was the problem. I mean. There's a million things going on there in Montreal right now, and often when there's a million things going on, uh, the easiest thing to do is fire the coach, and uh, so that's what they did. So I'm going to be just so fascinated to watch who they interview, who gets the job, and then again the whole debate on whether or not who they hire can speak French or not and how what sort of impact that has and what sort of reaction that gets from the general you know, fan population. All I know is I hope it's someone who can't speak French like Gordon but tries and just gives us a press conference like that because that's fully <laughs> entertaining for me, just for my own selfish needs. Um, yes, I agree. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, Francis, just looking at this uh, Flames 
schedule here. They, they're on a nice little run. Looks like they won about five of their last six. You got the Leafs uh, tomorrow night, Vegas tonight. Give us a state of affairs on the, the Calgary Flames and, and where they're at. Well, they, they opened the season, you know, their first 20, 25 games. At, at one point, uh, they were actually number one in the NHL in points. Uh, and then after that, they went through, a, you know, a rough Christmas, and everybody remembers that they got decimated by COVID like, like no other no other team this year uh, with 21 guys going down at the same time. And, uh, and they've kind of since kind of stumbled their way back to health and rhythm since then. Their schedule's been all over the place, guys. Like, I'm not making excuses for them, but in that rough patch, um, you know, from Christmas till about two weeks ago, you know, they would go seven days before between games, six days between games. Then they'd play two and three nights, and then they'd have seven more days off. Like, their schedule moving forward is 40 games and 80 nights. Uh, it's going to wow. be intense, um, you know, because I think they've only two teams have played fewer games than them. But they come out of this all-star break with some mojo. They've won five of six, six of eight, and they're starting to feel good about themselves. They're playing that defensive style again that, I think you guys know they have to play if they're going to be successful. No, sorry, let me let me just correct that. The coach hates it when we call it a defensive style, oh, and, and he's right. He's right. It's not a defensive style. It's a relentless forecheck. It's that old adage that you know the other team can't score as long as you pin them in their own zone. And you know, so the Flames forecheck as relentlessly as any team in the league. When they're doing that, they can have success, and they're about to kick off. Like, of their, of their 40 games left, guys, 25 are home games. So uh, they play seven in a row at home here, and they finally have a chance to do something that they claim they haven't had a chance to do since the beginning of the season, which is get some rhythm, get some momentum, and get some normalcy back into the season. And they hope that that will allow them to be successful like they were the first two months. Not to get us too off track, but you mentioned home games. Are they, is anything, uh, any news on the arena situation there? Are they going to have a new home at some point? I can give you an update on the fact that fans are allowed to eat starting tonight. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and as of March 1st, they're allowed to go back to full capacity. That was all announced last night by the Premier. Uh, but I have no news on a new arena. There's okay. been nothing there. The latest from City Council is the, the, these, these uh, bumbling idiots at City Hall. They, they've announced <laughs> that this is a breath, a breath of fresh air and that they're not, you know, encumbered by the previous deal. Now they can go out and find other partners who want to build an arena with them. Oh, boy, okay. Eric, Where, uh, where's, that, where's that lineup starting? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. The fans, are they satisfied with a, with a comfortable spot in the playoffs, or are they hungry for a team that could win the Pacific because they are just, uh, what, uh, seven points out of where Vegas is? but they've got the five games in hand and they play Vegas tonight. Will, will that give us an indication now of, of how good they are or how strong their second half could be? Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Vegas played last night and, uh, and won easily for nothing. Uh, the flames haven't played in a week. Uh, so, uh, you know, there could be a tiny bit of rush to start this game. And I got to tell you guys, so the Calgary flames have never beaten the Vegas golden Knights in Vegas. Now, the good news is the game's not in Vegas tonight. Uh, and the Flames have actually done a little better at home against Vegas, but not much better. Um, so this is, this is a really tough team. As Daryl Sutter said today, he said this team, this Vegas team, is the class of the West. 
sorry, the class of their division. And he says they're a team that reminds him very much of the two teams he won Stanley Cups with in L.A. Just a big, strong, talented, deep team. Uh, he thinks they're the team to beat and the measuring stick that this team is basically goes up against. Flames are second only, I think, to Vegas in terms of winning percentage uh, in, the, in that uh, division. Uh, but you're right. They, they, head to head, they've got to start proving that they can run with these big boys on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, one of the players there that might be the embodiment of the team is not necessarily Lucic for Sutter or Goudreau for the skill, but Elias Lindholm. And he was a guy you wrote a little bit about uh, today or yesterday, whenever that article came out that I read today. And, um, you know, you know, he's got, got a lot of praise from his goaltender there about potentially being in the Selkie conversation. He sure developed into a wonderful player, hasn't he? Yeah, he sure has. And uh, it kind of came up that, you know, no Swede has ever won the Selkie. And, and hey, guys, we're like we're halfway through the season. I, I kind of hate when we start touting guys for major awards when there's so much hockey left. But you, you do have to you do have to put him in the conversation now and get people thinking about it because I think statistically he's right there with Barkov. He's got better numbers than O'Reilly, Bergeron. Uh, I think he's fourth in the league in plus minus. You know, I know that's an outdated stat, but it's still a little bit symbolic. The, the big thing is. Elias Lindholm is driving and is the defensive conscience of what I would argue with anybody has been the best line in the National Hockey League so far this year. Statistically, they are the best line in the National Hockey League in terms of five-on-five productivity, five-on-five stinginess. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau is, what, sixth in scoring. Uh, Kachuk is, I think, 15th, 17th. You know, even Lindholm's almost a point-per-game guy. All of them are, like, plus 27 or more. It's just been the most dominant part of the Calgary Flames this year, and he's the driving force of it. And, uh, you know, I know he doesn't get any love for the Selkie. I look back, three years ago, he he finished 10th in the Selkie. Since then, nothing. Uh, But I I do think that he deserves a lot more attention in that realm uh, because, you know, Borny, you've done a bunch of the Flames games this year. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that line has been dominant, and he is just so stellar defensively. And the, the amazing thing is, it's really just his second full year as a centerman in this in the National Hockey League, uh, which was his natural position when he was drafted anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think the uh, Leaf fans watching Calgary tomorrow are going to see a, a line, in my opinion, um, and I'm sure probably in yours, they have, I think, the best chemistry that they yeah. they use each other. They almost know where each other are. Um, and that's what I've watched the most out of that line. And we can look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think the, the most successful line this year for, for Leaf fans has been Marner, Matthews, and Bunting. And yet, I, we, see, we see two out of the three guys with world-class skill, but it, it's more about that skill than it is the chemistry of all three of them together. But these guys are uh, amongst the best in the league right now using each other. Yeah, and, and Lee fans will see that tomorrow. Uh, Kachuk and Gaudreau over the course of the year have just become a yin and a yang. Like, they, they know where each other is at all times. They're so ridiculously creative. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, as Markstrom said yesterday, it's, it's, it's Lindholm that kind of allows them both to be that creative and, and that offensively dangerous because he takes care of their own zone more than the three of them, you know, Daryl Sutter called Johnny Gaudreau one of the best 200-foot players in the game earlier this year. And, you know, coaches are always trying to pump their players' tires and make them feel good. But no one's ever talked about Johnny Gaudreau in that realm in any way. So it's starting in his own zone, 
But when he comes across that blue line, I still would argue there's no more exciting player in the league than Johnny Gaudreau when he brings the puck into the zone because, because he comes with speed, he comes with this ridiculous creativity, and Kachuk is always there for him to find that outlet and give them a scoring chance. What do you think they're going to do uh, heading towards the deadline? I, I'm sure they're going to be buyers given their position in the Pacific. Yeah, they'll be buyers, and, and Brad Trudeau kind of went public with that again this week. I mean, it was obvious, and and, and the reason he went public was because he, you know, he says I take my cues from the players, and this is a team that's basically second in our division, uh, despite some significant adversity with the COVID and all that, um, and uh, and I, I, they deserve they deserve a little bit of help, and then uh, so. I do think that they'll be out there looking for a top six forward uh, to bolster their offensive capabilities. You know, I think there's also a very delicious uh, discussion out there that potentially if they were looking at a defenseman, maybe they'd consider bringing Mark Giordano back. I kind of think that ship has sailed, and I don't think it's going to happen. But, boy, it's kind of fun to talk about given the iconic status he has in town. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll add a forward. Uh, and and it, he almost always adds depth defensemen as well uh, because the attitude in this city is if you're going to make any sort of playoff run, you've got to go eight, nine, ten defensemen deep. And right now the Flames are probably seven or eight deep at best, so uh, they need to add a couple guys there too. Yeah, no question the Calgary Flames, are, I think, are, are, are pretty happy with their overall play in the first half of the season. What I didn't really see, Eric, was a guy like Sean Monahan. Uh, is he on the fourth line now? Um, did Rizitska, did he pass him? Where is 6.3 million on the cap? Uh, that, that, that to me is a tricky situation for them moving forward. Clearly he's not, he's not in the top six. Maybe they feel like his speed, uh, is an issue here, but that, that, that hurts Calgary's, it limits their, their, their chances of doing more when you've got a guy making that much money, uh, not playing a key role. Yeah. And, and he's on the, he's the third line center right now. They're playing this Rosicka on the fourth line and alternating with uh, Brad Richardson. But that, that's a pretty stunning fall from grace for a guy who every second year would get 30, 35 goals. Uh, but they took him away from Johnny Gaudreau. And uh, you know, that, that just shows how talented Gaudreau was that he helped, you know, uh, Monaghan, you know, get to the numbers he's gotten so quickly in his career. Anyway, he, he had major hip surgery in the offseason. Yes, speed is an issue for him. But the one thing I've got to say, and he's certainly the biggest disappointment on this team, given that he was their number one center for so many years, and now he's a third liner at best. He's still their number two point producer on the power play. They, they've never taken him off that top power play unit. And even though his confidence and his speed are, are, are on the wane, he's still finding a way to contribute, and he's he's – he never complains. He's a consummate team guy. So it's not all doom and gloom. But I will say that every fan to every call-in show in this city is always, whenever they throw out ridiculous trade ideas, uh, and you guys have heard them all, uh, they, everyone always throws Monaghan into the deal. <laughs> yeah. like, like, like as if every other team in the league is interested in a, in a $6.3 million guy who's too slow and is a third-liner and not producing – on the third line at minus 12. So, but there is talk that maybe the Flames could throw him into a deal uh, just simply to make the money work on a significant trade. So uh, his is a name you're going to hear a lot of at the trade deadline, uh, whether it's just baloney or wishful thinking. 
Don't worry, Eric. I'm reading a, a tweet from someone today that, that said that the, the Leafs should trade Dermot and Richie in a second for Jacob Chikrin, which I'm sure Arizona would be dying to get their hands on a package like that. So, yeah, the, the online suggestions yeah. are never all that good. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on the Olympics and Team oh, Canada. Can I, can I stick yeah, one more yeah, with yeah. Calgary oh, yeah, yeah, before yeah, we yeah, switch it first. over? Yeah. J- just one more for me on, on Calgary's front. Uh, one name that I thought would be a little higher moving forward was uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Dubé. And I watched this guy a few years ago, and I'm like, this guy's got a bright future. Uh, he's going to be a key cog here for Calgary. I'm starting to hear that maybe his name might be available by the trade deadline. Is there a sense that he is not the type of player that Daryl, you know, is finding a fit for? Could other teams kind of come in and, and, and take Dylan, thinking that they're, they're buying low? I absolutely 100% agree with with that all of that. Like he's he's been a disappointment this year. He has, he just hasn't produced the way they kind of thought he would continue to progress. He brings speed and I think there's an upside to him that, you know, I think the Calgary Flames are terrified to lose out on. But I also think in this world where you've got to give to get, um I I could see a scenario where Dylan Dubé is included in a trade to get someone who can help them right now as opposed to a Dubé who some think may end up being a future captain of this team. He was a captain of Team Canada at the World Juniors, and, and in a league of speed, he brings it nightly. But he just hasn't found a way to put it all together and be an impact player at all on this team. He doesn't even play on the second power play unit anymore. Um, yeah, I can see Daryl yeah. Sutter saying to the GM, he could easily go in my books. Uh, and, and if he did, I think a team would be picking up a guy who's got a pretty bright future. Like a team like Montreal that's rebuilding and wants to – obviously capitalize on speed and stuff. A guy like Dubé, I think, would be very attractive. So, Eric, uh, we've got the the Olympics star. Team Canada takes the ice Thursday morning, 8-10. They're playing Team Germany. You're a guy who's big into this. I believe your your kids have uh, Mangiapane <laughs> Team Canada jerseys now, <laughs> which are two of two in existence. So yeah. congratulations to them. Yeah which is very Thank cool. You. But what, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, Canada's outlook heading into this tournament? I have no idea what to expect. They could be awful or awesome. No idea. No, no idea either. But, you know, I think that adds to the intrigue. Like, I, you know, I think there are a lot of people who say, oh, I'm not watching. You know, if it's not the best on best, I don't want to watch. But I, I'm the other way. I have no idea what to expect. I still think surely even our, God, I hate calling them scrubs. That's not the right word. No. Borny, help me. Even our... He, these are guys who are, you know, they deserve a whole lot more credit than I think a lot of people are giving them. So I think that even our B squad, we'll call it that. We've decided still, scrubs are okay through eye contact. <laughs> we're okay. Neither, yeah, we're we, fine with that. We, we looked at each other and went, yeah, that works. Misfits always <laughs> works well, too. Okay. Okay. There you go. Well, the, the land of the misfit toys, whatever you want to yeah. call them. Uh, I want to see what, what, what we can come up with because we're still the, the best damn hockey nation in the world and whether we call them misfits scrubs b squad whatever surely ours can be better than anybody else's so i'll be watching the games really closely um and i bet you remember the last olympics guys i think a lot of people said oh i'm not watching and damn it that team almost pulled off you know a major major upset and we all watched every minute of it and some of those guys became household names i forget their names now because they were only household names for a couple weeks but, <laughs> but, but they were uh, in the household. Here, they were in the household for a couple of weeks, and I'm hoping that, you know, we have that happen again. You know, obviously, Owen Power and some of these guys, there are a couple that people are fascinated with going into the tournament. 
I'm hoping we leave the tournament with a couple of names that we find fascinating as well. Mm-hmm. That that may be enough, right? Just watching a few guys here, and then if someone stands out that you didn't expect it, uh, it becomes even a, a nicer story here. You know what's interesting to me is that tomorrow morning, Germany's favored to beat Canada. Are they not? Oh, Sammy, my producer screwed that up. But but regardless, (laughs) regardless, this is a a country that we couldn't invite to the last World Cup. And it's going to be close. And it's going to be close. Canada's not huge favorites. Let's just say that. They've made a a nice uh, recovery since not being invited to uh, the NHL, uh, NHLPA World Cup in 2016. Oh, my God. And so, you know, that just gives me an idea. I, I certainly wasn't planning to wager on the Olympics. Like I, you know, I love to put money on the odd NHL game, but uh, maybe now if Canada is not that much of a favorite, maybe there's some money to be made here. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. And that always makes the games more interesting to watch too. All right. Well, listen, uh, we appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Uh, and thanks for doing this, Eric. Hey, cheers, boys. Always good talking with you. Thanks, Eric. Eric Francis, senior columnist, analyst with uh, Sportsnet. So, yeah, Dylan, Dylan Dubé, I, I think, is is one of those chips. And uh, if he's not on your trade board, I think he'll soon be. Well, I was try, trying to say to you there, like, is, is that is that someone the Toronto Maples could use? He, he throws his body around, works hard, right? Like, he's – what's he making? I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm one of those guys that if, if, uh, if he's not good enough for Daryl Sutter, then I, I got to – Oh, really? I, I got I to reassess here. I'm your prototypical person who works in Toronto in hockey, and I'm like, if someone's available, they should play for the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> so Dylan Dubé How old is, is he? 23 years old. So that's a good that's a good wheelhouse for someone to say, well, but, we're but willing to give you a fresh. he makes money. He two, makes... Two, two million? 2.3. Yeah, he that's... makes Nick Ritchie money. You want to flip him? You <laughs> think Calgary, you think Daryl Sutter wants a big body and get it done? Yes. All right. Sorry, um, sorry for Suri and your Kipper on the on the favorites thing. That's why I didn't put it in the lineup. <laughs> oh man, you just made me look well, so bad. Oh yeah, yeah, so bad. I'm a real, you know. But, Move this but man. You're, <laughs> although I, I I did get Canada to win the gold medal for plus five fifty, is what I have, uh, which is pretty good. Plus five fifty. Yeah. I'm sprinkling. I don't know if it's still that. That's what I got it at. I can oh, pull it up there. here. I got I got thirty bucks on that, so I'm not sure. We'll, we'll I love that. For you. God, I can't wait. I'm gonna be glued tomorrow morning to this game. Eight a.m. Eight ten puck drop. My kids go to school and daycare like eight thirty. I'll be uh, a little behind you in the group chat. So we we've, we've got uh, Andrew Raycroft coming up. Does a terrific job uh, out of Boston, uh, covering the Boston Bruins, and we're gonna get into that. Uh, but Sammy. Uh, you know, you, you made me kind of look bad telling me that Germany was... <laughs> Here we go. But last night, I, I put out a tweet after oh, watching <laughs> Brad Marchand. I thought you were hilarious, I'll be honest. And really, that's what I was going for. The follow-up was really fun. I was really going for the old, uh, you know, that was hilarious. And we are speaking of Brad Marchand prior to the end of the game where the goaltender... Tristan Jari had a puck on his stick mm-hmm. and it was going to flip it to a fan. And at the last second, Marchand comes out of nowhere. Give him the old nope. <laughs> no. Gives him the old nope, intercepts the flip, super steals talented the puck, move. 
and then just chucks just it chucks across it. the blue Didn't line. Didn't want it anyway. I, I love that. I saw people being like, oh, you like ruined some kids' oh. You know, days. Oh, ah. Is it tiring being that upset about everything? I know. Like, it's like, got to be tiring. Watch the action on the ice. He's trying to piss off an opponent. It's relevant for the game, and, you know, that you're there to so, watch. And I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I tweeted, like, I found that so entertaining yeah. in a different way. And um, I put a big smile. I said it tongue-in-cheek that the, that we need this. That's what was missing during the NHL All-Star break, that type of personality. And, oh, my God, did Twitter just... We do not are, agree. We, we do not agree. <laughs> classless and get that guy out of the game and it, and so i just tweeted uh at at the end of the game after that uh never mind pretty much uh, uh never mind uh never mind yeah, after after marshawn so, mixed in a sucker punch and a spear on the way out the door it's maybe not can we say that. that what he did originally by knocking the puck off the stick and grabbing it at the same time was a high skill play the way yes. he did, the way he did it was sick. Like See, he was about to throw it, he slashes the stick, puck elevates, grabs it, throws th- that it. That to me is more entertaining I than the Michigan. <laughs> um, it is. It's my Michigan. Uh, it's a talented move. So, can we talk about the the thing before we get the? Oh, of course. So, of course. Sam has a bad take on this. Yeah, I do. I guess. Let's have it. So, here's the thing. Earlier in the shift, where Jar with when that happens, right before the end of the game, Jari gives Charlie Coyle a great little swing and gets him in the midsection, a little below the midsection. And, you know, Jari and they'd already had this, him and Marchand. Marchand saw that happen. He's probably jawing at him in the crease and he punches him in the head. And the thing that I get with goalies, and I'm not the biggest goalie guy, as, you know, as we're about to have. No, we're team anti goalie. You know who you're talking to over here? Yeah, we're, none of us are team goalie. So these the goalie's just, oh, I can do whatever I want out here and no, there's no consequences for me. I'm just I'm just above the law because I because I wear these bigger pads. I'm above the law. I, <laughs> I hate the way that Aaron Dell ruined poor Drake Batherson's all-star game by burying him into the boards. Yeah. And no one can touch a goalie. You can't I, touch a goalie. If he's acting like a dick and he's saying stuff and he's slashing people and he's involved in the game, it's still hockey. Yeah. I hate this guy. Yeah. So, like, I agree that I am, would be upset at the goalie, and Marchand has a right to be upset at the goalie, but it doesn't change the fact you can't sucker, like, blindside well, a guy. It, 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 or unsuspecting. Throw a stick oh, at him. or How will he survive? The little scrub that he gave well, him. Well, no. Whether, whether you and I think it's great not, or not, you can't not condone wrong. it as a league. You're not wrong, but it's Brad Marchand. And For if sure. it was someone who's never been suspended before, like, Felino, it's a different ball game. So, and we're going to get into Felino. We haven't even mentioned uh, the fight in, in Winnipeg, and we will get to that as well. But this is Brad Marchand, okay? Yeah. A guy that's been suspended seven times. Seven. God, that's a seven. full, full converting touchdown. Who's missed, <laughs> who's missed 22 games already because of suspension and probably will get close to 30 by the time this is done. What do you think the number is for this one, boys? You know, I know you think this is a ridiculous thing, but like being that it's him, it's probably four, five, probably five. No more. More than five? Yeah. That's a number six. When you're when you're uh, in person. Yeah, it's going to be at least five. When you're in person, you got to stay consistent. 
And Spezza, as Sammy just mentioned, was six that got reduced to four. And that was also a first-time guy. who is like... Squeaky clean. Pristine. Squeaky. Immaculate. Yes. So not Brad Marchand. So in, in a perfect world, if it was a first-time offender... Double minor. It would be... <laughs> Sit in the box. It would we'll be, see you in a minute. He punched a goalie unsuspecting. So that's... Didn't even get him that hard, oh, Didn't get him that hard. Dancing blow. <laughs> Okay, so maybe that doesn't get suspended for a first-time offender. But it's Brad Marchand, who had just been suspended a month ago for his uh, slew foot on Ekman Larson. That was this year. Yes. So we're going to factor that in, too. So I I see two games for the punch, two games for the stick, and another, Brad and another two because you're Brad Marchand. There is an element of it, like like disciplining breakdown. a child, so, where you go, I don't care what you I'm, did, I told you not to do anything. I'm I'm minimum six, and I think it could fall into seven. Wow, that's a big suspension. For it a is a big for, suspension. You know what though? I agree with it. I now hearing you say that, that all makes a lot of sense to me. I, I think you're you're right, and may even be light now that you kind of really broke that down. But like. It's just hard because you're right, Sam. It's like the whole play. Neither in even neither thing really bothered me. He's not trying to hurt him with that stick near what? his face. He's not trying to really, you know, knock him cold with a punch. Brad Marchand cares, cares, care. cares, cares, and like I, he, I don't know if I'm comfortable being the cool with Brad Marchand show. Here. I listen. I'm. It breaks my heart how much I love Brad Marchand. Brad Marchand has gone from one of my most hated guys to one of my most loved guys. If he was a Toronto Maple Leaf, my favorite player in the history of hockey, love him. Yeah. See, I, I would give him six, and I'd knock off three for stealing Jari's puck. <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay. When you Listen, when you play on, the way he does, and he's one of the most effective guys. No, no, league, no. He's the best left winger in the league. He's amazing. Well, well, but the thing is, he... This happens when he plays on the edge. You're going to go over it. He doesn't need to be this, because he didn't go over it for, yeah. what, four or five years? No, he does It's okay. It's, years it's he just, went without it. It's just the way he is. And you've come to accept it. I'd rather still have him on my team blowing a gasket every once in a while. And if he gets suspended, he gets suspended. He is the best left winger in the league. And you just... and that's upset. That's the beauty now. So people on Twitter, you know, I shouldn't have... My second second tweet should have been to all these people... Should double lighten down. up, Francis. Eat it. Right? Just Eat it. lighten up, Take everybody. Take a breath here, yeah. guys. Take a breath. Oh, by they, the way. They still love him on their team. Oh, God. Who Every would... hater out there that says he's no good and he stinks and the league doesn't need him would still take him in he's a heartbeat. He's bankrupt. So uh, Sammy, you just accept him. Canada's plus 700. Plus 700? I, I, I got them early on at bad odds, so I'm, I'm ashamed. I feel ashamed. What is... If can you imagine now if you're Don Sweeney, the general manager, or Cam Neely, president, watching that game and going, okay, what just happened? Which I got no Brad Marchand, I've got no Bergeron, hurt, and Tuka Rask retired, disappeared. <laughs> like He's packed his bags. Where, where, like, take a look at that depth chart today. Yeah, and how can you? How can you not be worried about the Boston Bruins? Well, the only saving grace is that there's no one in the East who's any good. 
you they're know, making like, the playoffs. They're no one's the catching play- them. The next best team, so the Bruins have a 625 winning percentage. The next best team is Detroit with a 489. Oh, Columbus also has a 489. Like, they're getting in. So all they have to do is pull it together by mid-April. Bergeron skate locked up with Sidney Crosby's. Went headfirst into the boards for a guy that's already suffered concussions earlier in his career. This has got to be a huge concern. Well, and also you mentioned this season a couple times, like could this be his last season? You know, taking more serious damage on this year might be more likely to push him towards, I don't want, you know, this isn't good for my family and me. I know, we're, we're hey, Sammy's trying to get to quick, Quickly before we go, yeah. in an alternate reality, uh, Sidney Crosby, Brad Marchand, and uh, Patrice Bergeron, who were all involved in a wild game last night, are playing on a line at the Olympics. So, oh, that's anyways. a reality. Take me to that Okay, one. during this break, just close your eyes and dream, <laughs> Sammy. We'll take a break. We're going to get more into the Boston Bruins with Andrew Raycroft after the break. You're you're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne, show number Sidney Crosby, 87. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank goodness we got Brad Marchand. What would we talk about? And the Montreal Canadiens, of course. This is a Leaf podcast. Yeah, in theory. These are tangential teams. Very related. Thank goodness for the Boston Bruins. Let's welcome in Andrew Raycroft, ex-Toronto Maple Leaf, now doing a great job in Boston with Billy Jaffe. Andrew, how are you? Another day in in Beantown? No different than uh, any other day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, no panic buttons being hit down here at all. Uh, <laughs> an unbelievable night last night for everyone. We were we were just talking uh, about the management of you know a Cam Neely or, or Don Sweeney watching, and within what you know sixty minutes, like you, your team kind of blows up. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it really does. Uh, they the. 2 nothing. they're hammering the pens. They should have been up 5 nothing at the end of the first. Life's great. And then Tuca News breaks, and then Patrice goes hard into the boards, and then the wires cross on Brad. And, and now today you're in, you're in fire sale, hold the phone, what are we doing mode today, and, and how is Patrice? That's, that's the first question. The second question is, how long are we going to lose Brad Marchand for? And then the third question is, or the third statement is, well, that's why we signed Allmark. Glad he's playing great. Now we need Swayman to play great as well because uh, it seems as though Tuca is not coming back anymore. What were your thoughts on, uh, I love the phrase wires crossed on Marshawn because that's exactly what happens. He's just the greatest player in the league or Kipper called him the best left winger in the league until the, this stuff goes down. What was your takeaway from uh, the way he exited the game last night and the rest of it? Yeah, well, it, it, looking at it hindsight, right? You look back at the last, 10 days for Brad Marchand, the all-star snub bugs him. There's no question it bugs him. Not yeah. being in the Olympics really bothers him. Those two things really bother him. So he's got that going. Then he's got the play behind the net. Tristan Jari's flipping the puck. He hammers him during an interview. Like, he hasn't done that in forever. Like, he just hasn't. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. And then Patrice, best buddy goes down. Patrice goes down. So in hindsight, you could see all of this coming. It was all being foreshadowed that he was going to lose it. 
and and he did it in a in a really poor way at the end of the game. Unfortunately, it's going to cost him. Like he got three games for slew footing that didn't get called. There was no penalty on the ice. Most of us didn't even see it based on his reputation. No one else in the league is getting three games for what he did in November. Now he's getting suspended for the ninth time uh, for really being embarrassing to the game. It's he's he's going to get the hammer thrown at him. I think. Oh, I have I have no doubt about that. And they're going to think about appealing, and they're going to remind him, <laughs> you're not Jason Al or Jason Spezza here, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you you Start. might appeal and get another three games. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Turn the hourglass over and start paying the piper for this. Don't even think of coming back with an appeal. Is there? It, it's hard to imagine Boston even if there's a lengthy situation with Bergeron. This team's in real big trouble here. Coyle cannot carry that. No, he can't. And and you have Eric Hall. Listen, Taylor Hall, Eric Halla, and David Pasternak have been incredible. Right. They had Pasta's 16 goals in 16 games now since the like he's they're lights out. But they're lights out because they're the second line and they get favorable matchups and they don't have to do a lot of dirty work because Patrice Bergeron jumps over every defensive zone faceoff, every offensive zone faceoff, wins 65 percent of them, and then they go out there with with momentum. Uh, throughout the game, so so it, it, it for a considerable amount of time, you can't run with Halla and Coyle as your top two centers when you're going up against Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, Toronto. So so there's certainly the Brad Marchand thing is the Brad Marchand thing. There's a lot of concern how Brad, uh, Patrice Bergeron feels today. That that's the real big question. And how many games does he miss beyond tomorrow night? Yeah. You know, talking about how guys feel, uh, yeah, that other piece of news you mentioned that broke during the game, uh, Tuka Rask is just not going to do it. What, you know, two use, two Ks, two buy. Uh, what's going on there? He's just uh, decided the hip is not going to hold up, or what are you hearing? Uh, his hip feels good from what I'm hearing. It's, it's everything else. And when you're a 34-year-old goaltender and you miss six weeks or six months to, just to get back to, to level, you take six months where yeah. – so basically you need to do 12 months of work in six months at 34 years old. And you guys know this is how careers end. We just saw it with Ben Bishop a couple months ago where he did all the rehab. He thought he was feeling good. He comes back and gives up 45 goals in the AHL game. And, it, all right, I'm done. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. I, just, I can't do it anymore. And, and it's, it seems as though that's the, the same situation here where I came back, I did the rehab, I felt great. But I, I just can't keep up. I, I, I can't do it mentally and physically, and, and that's it. They, the Bruins don't have time either to, like, let him get back now. They had the last month to do that. But if he's coming back, like, he, he went on the road trip, took eight, nine, ten days off and still can't practice, you, you just can't be within the organization doing that. So, Andrew, hold on for a second. Is this – are you telling me that this isn't just a physical thing? He, the, the hip can't do it, and that's why I'm shutting down? Or do you think it's uh, the overall task at hand mentally? 
No, I sorry. So it's not the direct like the rest of his body, whether it's growing injuries, like just just the way his body feels beyond the hip. The hip, the surgical hip, feels pretty good, but it's it's getting everything else was sore. Everything else was kind of hurting, and I think you as a as a player you take that internally. So so no, I don't think it's a lack of I don't want to play mentally. It's my body really hurts. I don't know how I can do this over another three months. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not in shape. Honest, like to 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 make that commitment to come back, he could have easily shut it down and just gone away. I just don't understand. I I think this is if if what you're telling me is that it's just an overall uh, everything. I find it very hasty for him to come back, give it a, a, a week and a half, two weeks, and then shut it down. That he, if that's the case, then then please just try to stick it out for half a season. You've come such a long way, and you made such a commitment. I don't understand a week and a half, two weeks. No, I'm done. No, I, Kipper, I agree with you a little bit on the timing of it because again. Unless it's unless it's to the point where he's going to need three more weeks of rehab right now, and they're all looking at it, and he's looking at it. Well, how can I come back to this team without disrupting it with only twenty games left in the season? And I didn't even play that well when I came back. So where's my game at as well? You start having those thoughts as a goaltender, mm-hmm. and confidence is a big thing. So, so I agree with that. The timing seemed early for me to hear this last night i wasn't surprised at the statement that he's going to retire but i was surprised that it came not even a full game through the all-star break yeah that is interesting to me yeah so now they're going to get a good look at uh the depth of the bruins lineup here for the next few games um but it doesn't seem like there's anyone who could catch them like the bruins are making the postseason so what are they going to do with this roster here like they still feel like a team that can win a stanley cup with a move or two you think they're going to be buyers over the next couple weeks yes they have to be buyers yeah they're they're still you know they they haven't had Nick Foligno in the lineup very much and they haven't had Trent Frederick so there's a lot of talk of toughness and physicality here they haven't had those guys in the lineup so I'm not sure they know what they have I'm still not sure they know what they have completely and what they need at they need to get a defenseman there's no question about that they need more depth when you look at the Tampa Bay's and the Florida's and the Carolinas and what their defense looks like and you put it the, you put the rosters next to each other, the height and the weight, it's not comparable. So they need to bulk up back there. But with these forward lines, it is a time to see what kind of depth they have and what little pieces they have. They still have the Jake DeBrus thing hanging around. Oh, yeah. He's been pretty good and worked really hard, and, and he's been getting to the net more things they wanted to see from him, bringing more energy. But there's still a big matzo ball out there that he asked for a trade publicly. Uh, let alone all the private stuff that's been going on the last 12 to 18 months with him. So, so they have some pieces, and they're certainly going to be somewhat of buyers. Do they sell the whole farm for this season? I'm not sure on that. So does Jake DeBrus go up to Brad Marchand and say, you're never going to let me get traded out of here, are you? <laughs> That's exactly what he's saying. It's happened twice now. He's gotten suspended twice since the, since the trade request. Uh, everybody's been going down around him. The Nick Foligno's, the Trent Fredericks, like I talked about. Eric Hall, is, everyone's gotten COVID since then as well. He just he can't buy a break to get enough time to get out of the lineup and, and be on his way. 
Well, they're, uh, they certainly, that is a tough situation trying to figure out what to do with him. Um, you know, when they look around the league and you mentioned the, the competition, do you think that this is a year that they still feel like a Stanley Cup contender? I know Toronto Maple Leafs fans talk about the Bruins still terrified. Pasternak, as you mentioned, is pouring it in again. Um, there would never be a point here where this team would, would blow it up or anything to that effect. I don't see it. No, no. I don't see it. I, I think you look at the East Conference and, and all eight teams are looking at it saying four of us, really good teams, really good organizations that had really good seasons are sitting on the sidelines 12 days into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the reality for this Eastern Conference. They're, they're really good teams uh, across the board, and, and they're all going to have tough matchups. So I think everyone's looking at it already, to your point. They know they're all in the playoffs, and a team like the Bruins are just saying, all right, we're going to gear up, similar to what Tampa Bay is saying and, and Toronto are saying. None of this matters now until we play on May 1st. Andrew, does the injury to Bergeron now snowball the thought that uh, he's contemplating retirement and this is the last run with this core group led by him? Kipper, that's my big question this morning. That, that's my I, – I have not thought for a nanosecond up until last night with six minutes left in the third that Patrice was retiring. I, I, I don't get that. He's playing at such a high level – He's here in Boston. He has young family in school. He's here. Why not play? And then we know the history of him and his concussion problems, which have been in the big rearview mirror. He hasn't had any issues. But when this happens to you at this age, at this point in your career, and you wake up today and you don't feel like playing with your kids, you ask questions of of yourself. So I don't know where he's at. I didn't hear anything from him this morning or where he's at but there is if this is a lingering head issue and he's already had he had a really bad couple years with it in the late 2008s 9s i i more more i'm not 100 percent sure like i was yesterday well listen we uh we really appreciate your insight uh andrew should be uh, an interesting watch moving forward for the boston bruins who are, are quite comfortable right now in a playoff spot, but uh, who knows what three or four <laughs> weeks could look like. Um, we'll await uh, Marchand's uh, suspension. Thanks for doing this, Andrew. You got it, guys. Great talking. Andrew, Have a great night. Appreciate it. Andrew Raycroft, former NHL goalie, former Leaf Nissan studio analyst. He's awesome. Those goalies, eh? Yeah, real good. We've had some great goalies on this show. And Sammy just uh, hanging up with them. Uh, boys, our you know, our goalie reservoir. I feel like they're all good talkers. <laughs> Why is that? always been the case? Because they just sit back in their crease and they think they can take as- in the whole scene. It's their view. Everything. Their view. There's nothing behind them. Everything's in front of them, so they think they know everything. Are, are, can we not? Can we just address what's happening on Twitter right now? Are we allowed to put the mass speculation? Well, everyone's talking about Marty St. Louis. Marty St. Louis. I also saw Guy Boucher. Marty St. Louis and Guy Boucher as potential names as head coach. You're not going to make Marty St. Louis the head coach. He's been coaching his kids for the last few years. And And how old are they? And not much uh, younger than probably the Montreal Canadiens right now or or the mentality of the way they think. You're going to be like, here's Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson's going to be like, what? Like, I know he knows how to play hockey. And let's not get this misconstrued. Just because you're good at hockey does not mean you're necessarily able to coach the game. I don't know. It just seems like such a... A reach, I think. 
I mean, I would love for it to work out. I'm a big St. Louis fan, but, uh, you know, that it would just be crazy to have a guy who's never done it before, not not even an assistant coach in the league, so, and be like, here's the keys to the Habs. This is outside the box and fills the, the French-speaking portion. Two things that we, bo- that we talked about for 25 minutes off the top of this show. This team sucks. Why not try someone new? I got, I, I How do you even tell if he's any good as a coach? Well, there's only one way to find. Like, you're not going anywhere anyway. Got to be Guy Boucher. Mm. Got to be Guy Boucher. Start yeah. Carey. Assist, assistant St. Louis. Start with Carey Price, and he, he's already better than Ducharme. <laughs> That's true. There's no, there's yeah. no to bite that. Here's the there. here's the one thing, and uh, we're gonna take a, a a break as well. And we got uh, Max uh, Max La, uh, Lapierre coming up as well to to get into this. Here's what's really bothering me right now is that they let him go and they announce, we'll make an announcement later on today. They announced an announcement. So, like, where that's are they Doug, right that's now? A Doug Ford move. Where are they? They're in a boardroom and they're like scratching names off the list and no, saying, they quit, know. quit joking around. Yuppie is not going to be the head coach <laughs> of the Montreal Canadiens. Now, come on, throw some names out here. I no. guess they're saying, that's, well, they're going to cut money like. with the guys. Like, will he put pen to paper oh, on that? You don't have that tree. done now? You don't, you don't fire somebody now. and then go negotiate. All this should be done. Couldn't agree more. It's it should be Bush done. League. It looks, no. it looks no, Bush no. League. Here, Anderson pushed it. Anderson no. pushed it. Yeah, he no, did. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, they said this is what we're going to do. You Anderson pushed it. Then you don't start with. You don't start Plan That's A. Out there. You don't start Plan A without Plan B being ready. I agree. It's a really it's strange move. Very. Wouldn't wouldn't you? I put bet St. Louis in the system. Wouldn't you put out the release? So we the news started to trickle in around two forty five that Duchar may be out. The release comes out at two fifty five. Why don't you just put out the release, re- relieving him of his duties, and just have the same, be like, and this is who's taking over. Contract's Why not wait? signed. Because they're in a boardroom right now, scratching their heads and going. Did he sign it? <laughs> There's no way it, it came together that quickly. You don't think they've been talking about this? It's a new GM. It's a new. Why? No, but that's Why what I'm saying. That it the just delay? Got, it, it accelerated the plan. They're like, please, oh, we got to do this. Please give me one reason why they can't follow up an announcement after the official release that you're letting him go. Give me one good reason. Have I not? No. My ch- That's, but no he, said a good, he said a good reason. That's oh. not a good reason. Oh, They're good still reason. figuring yeah. out the contract. I think they had this plan. Okay, we want... Guy Boucher is going to be the head coach. Marty St. Louis is the assistant. Well, you know, we're going to do that. We don't know if it's going to be in season or after. Let's see how things go. It gets real bad. Then they're last night. They're like, enough. Activate the plan. Call pull the shoe. Pull the men. Get the contracts drawn with, up. With no. No backup plan. No backup plan. No. Uh, they'll just uh, go have Richardson and, and uh, Burroughs be the guys so until if, they get the guys if, they want. If your theory is correct, uh, which and is, I'm <laughs> negotiating with them. Oh, did your price just go up? <laughs> you think? <laughs> you think? You'd like me to be the head coach, and you currently you want to talk about one. leverage? Oh, they in a like, negotiation. Oh, you they, fired your coach. You have nobody right now. Everybody's waiting for us to make an announcement. If I'm Kent Hughes, I go. You know who we got on the bench? Alexander Burroughs. He speaks French. We'll hire him if you don't take the money I've offered you. He'll bite you. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> should we should we mention the Leafs before we? Uh... 
Leafs. Before we break here. Everything Canadians and Bruins is as related to the Maple Leafs as possible. Should we uh, Super congratulate uh, Wayne Simmons? Uh, yes. His yes. wife had a baby. Yes. So a that. A baby Wayne train. Uh, question uh, whether or not he'll play tomorrow night. Do we know? He didn't travel with the team today, according to. He's not traveling with the team. Then he's not playing. So, yeah. I he mean, didn't travel. Oh, yeah. He didn't travel not. with the team. So he's not. I mean, okay. So does that mean. Apparently, Keith said it's up. Then it kind of is up to his wife, is what he said. So, yeah. Which is fair. I like Although that. Although it's a three game road trip. So he's going to fly out there anyway. Yeah, so we shouldn't rule it out. Right? He's going to fly out there. He's not going to let them play three times without him because he had a kid. Oh, we're just, we're just focused on Calgary right now. We're just on to Cincinnati. Which means 11 forwards, 7D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right now Richie and Clifford are, are with the non-playing Marlies. Right, and eleven they don't want to. They they they're banking money for the trade deadline, and that's why you can't call them up. Mm-hmm. That's so. Yeah. Well, so eleven and seven. I got to tell you, Sam McKee, not a fan of eleven and seven. Do we have time? By the way, yeah. we're 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 fine. Yeah, we're good. We're fine. Okay. We're gonna get we're gonna get Max at four thirty. Okay. Um, you're not a fan. Am I, am I wrong? I hate it. I hate it. I listen. I don't I haven't played on a many teams that have that many players on it, but listen, it just gets you out of your rhythm. It's like a beer league game, having 13 guys on the bench. You know, you're not playing with the same people. You're out of rhythm. You don't know who, what time you're playing. Like, I just think it's a really weird thing to go with a four, a, a fourth line that doesn't have four, three guys on it. Yeah. Do you, do you feel the same way? Can uh, you add a, a line here? I was Nick Ritchie and. Kyle Clifford feeling today. Bad. You can't, you can't even get called up when Goodness. someone's not there. I uh, just the whole thing stinks. It does stink. I the whole agree. salary cap and abolish. The you're salary the Toronto cap. Maple Leafs. You have a product. You can't even. At least let them luxury taxes. Something, <laughs> like it's just bad for business. Yeah. That you cannot. Put a players full, a full of, team yeah. together the yeah. way you'd like because of this stupid salary cap. It is garbage. So I, I, for a lot of the reasons Sammy's just mentioned, I agree. Yeah. There's a rhythm. There's a, a feel. A seventh D is like just bringing your buddy on a date, <laughs> you know? It's just such a weird, yeah. you know, I'll just, I'm not really going to talk. You guys talk, and I'll just. I'm, I'm not even here. Just going to order an appetizer, <laughs> and you guys get to know each other, and uh, just pretend I'm not even here. Yeah. That's the, your seventh D. Well, I, I played in the East Coast League where you always had 10 forwards, so you you were the 10th wheel, and you just sat at the end of the bench. They didn't even bother trying to work you in. There's like, you were the one guy that didn't get used until something happened. Mm. You know, this. That's kind of a similar thing. I feel like when you go 11 and 7, you basically go down to three lines. You cut a whole line out because you're just like, what are we going to do? You know, chuck Nylander down there so we can get an extra shift out of, you know, Spezza. I, I don't know. I, I was going to say that there's probably the top guys are somewhat excited about it. Probably. I would say normally, yes, if they didn't have 100 hockey games in the next two months. That's true. They play well, so but, much coming up. But once the game starts... You yeah. want to be on the ice as much as possible. So having less play forwards, yesterday, it's very true. You want to play as much hockey as possible. So I'm actually looking forward to these three games. I love I love Calgary. It's always a good barn. They're going to be full. So you're going to get to see a full game. Did you Bot- see March 1st for a no, full? No, oh, I think okay. they're opening things back up. Are they okay? Fully I already. thought 50, you know, no, I don't I even know. He did tell us. Like, I think it's full barn. It is full barn. I think it's full barn. going to be tons of greased yeah. up leaf fans. Full barn and Germany favorite against Canada. 
<laughs> what, what, what are we? What have we done? Is it too late we're, to send the boys? By the way, we're leaving. Uh, we're going with your scoop there, Sammy, for sure. Yeah, uh, Sam McKee first reported full barn at the Saddle Dome tomorrow. Plenty of good seats still. The one thing I like as well, it's it should be another competitive game. As Eric Francis talked to on our show earlier, they're going now, and they've got the likes of a of a Kachuk who can go out there and stir the pot up a little bit. And I think it'll be a physically, uh, a, a challenging game physically for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. This Calgary Flames team, you know, has an identity and Sutter did, did give them that they do. They, they forecheck and they get good goaltending. They're tough to work their way through. Frankly, they're the type of team that people are skeptical about the Leafs being able to handle. So that's fun. Fun to see them go up against a team like this. When I look at the Pacific division, I see Two teams, maybe three, probably three if you include the Oilers, but it's Vegas and Calgary. I think Calgary is going to be a tough out in the playoffs. The other thing as well, Jack Campbell comes back in his first start since uh, the All-Star break. He's also watched uh, Mrazek have a very solid effort. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's a really, it it might be the, the most important start for Jack Campbell this year because there is that window where the numbers have gone down and he's come back to earth a little bit. Mm-hmm. But so you get right back wants, on the horse wants, in the second half. He to, needs a good one. Wants to show that he could be as dominated at, uh, dominating at times, like in the first half of the season, as the second one. This could dictate where this kind of progresses here. And two solid starts by Mrazek and Jack Campbell will f- further push the narrative that the, if the Leafs catch up to the game's play, they can they can push for the division win. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I completely agree. I think it's a, a totally different type of start for Jack Campbell because, you know, Jack Campbell's obviously come into game or sort of started the next game after Peter Mrazek a few times this year. It hasn't been that often because Mrazek's been hurt or whatever. How many has he played? Eight games, Mrazek? But this, yeah, is, this is a different one because of how well Mrazek played in the last game. They got a big win over one of the best teams in the league. I would say that it's a much different type of pressure for Miraz- for Campbell in this game because of how Mrazek played in the last one. This is one that, like Kipper said, this could propel you more into the 1A, 1B sort of situation with a goaltending than, you know, the starter backup sort of thing that they're going to need. I-, I-, I do think it's a big start for Jack Campbell. I don't think it's overhyping it to say that. No, I agree. And uh, Kipper, you know, you mentioned the Leafs, pushing for the top of the division like just if you sort right now by points percentage they're 733 florida's 734 they are a hair out of first in the atlantic and they're ahead of tampa bay like this is a crucial a very interesting stretch here where you know let's say toronto can keep this clip up i bet a 733 wins you the division and then you're looking at a much more manageable first round where you get out you know come on you could have boston Boston, who now you're like give me boston Mm-mm. Or you could have Florida Tampa. Yeah, that's what you want. You want you want to make them beat each other up for seven. That's right. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want either of them fresh. <laughs> Even the Carolina game, I, I I don't think it. It's there's still so much more on the intensity level for mm-hmm. a playoff game than what we saw against Carolina. It was getting closer, but it was it was closer, and Carolina is a big heavy team. We didn't. We saw the Leafs. Try to come through the neutral zone and didn't have much success. That's a big, heavy team. Yeah. And it's led by Jordan Stahl up the middle of the ice, who's a horse. 
<laughs> nothing. Cue the horse. Nothing. But they they had some issues against a big, strong team in Carolina coming through the middle of the ice. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the least successful probably of most of the season. What was yeah. the percentage yeah, that yeah. you had them at? Their, their controlled en- entry rate was 29%, the <laughs> worst of the year for them. And the other time, one of their other bottom five teams was against Carolina too. So when they're trying to just skate into the zone and do their thing, the Canes are like, nah. So they dump, have to dump the puck in against Carolina. It's a lot it, different game it, against. It's them. an interesting philosophical matchup because they like to dump it. The yep. Carolina likes to dump it and get it on the four check, and they're very good at it. And then they limit other teams doing what they love to do. Carolina's right? unique, man. They're also full man-on-man defense, like old school basketball with your buddies at recess. Like they're pick well, a man, and that's your guy. They're good. They're good. Well coached. They're well. They're just gonna. It's gonna be tough when Freddie lets. Part of being man to man is you always know. You always know what's going on and who your guy is. So, so, so uh, Renault Lavoie is also sending out a tweet saying he wouldn't be surprised about if Marty Saint Louis is the head coach, the head of the Toronto Maple, of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Good job, Breaking Sam, news. of the Montreal Canadiens. This I am flabbergasted. So gabberflasted. We have a great guy that's coming up in five minutes or so here, Max Lapierre, to get his take. Who is uh, who is Marty's agent? Someone's doing pretty good. I don't know. He negotiated himself. No, maybe? no. I'm talking I, about I when know. he played. I don't know. Was it Kent Hughes? Oh wow! I love that question. Find me answers at the break. Okay, let's take a quick break. We're going to welcome in Max Lapierre, a former NHLer. He's going to fill in the gaps for us on this. Really interesting Montreal Canadian story. You're listening to Real Kipper at Board, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.